Hi everybody, this is Yibing, and you are listening to Limbo Land. Every year, the pharmaceutical industry spends over $20 billion on charming doctors. They do so with seemingly innocuous gifts, free food, beverages, drug samples, offering payments for speeches, and hosting disease education sessions. Today, I am joined by Dr. Paul Lichter, who studies ethics and medical professionalism surrounding the physician-industry relationship. The first thing I want to ask you is, how did you become interested in tackling this topic in the first place? Because it seems to me that a lot of physicians are either unaware of the consequences of the physician-industry relationship, or they think that they are immune to it, and thus don't really think about it much at all. And I'm in medical school right now, and I don't clearly remember a single lecture on this topic. I became interested in the subject when I was a young faculty member. I had been invited to go to Cancun to a a meeting run by a company. I went to the meeting naively with several of my colleagues, and it was to give a company advice on a drug that they were dealing with. But the setting was quite extravagant. Mm -hmm. And I began to think afterwards, you know, does does this seem right? This is back in the 1970s. Does this seem really right? And I came to the conclusion, no, it's it's not right. The company is trying to buy my favor Mm -hmm. with with this type of of a thing. The meeting actually was pretty good, and I learned something from the meeting and contributed something to the meeting, but but the meeting could have been held in a, you know, in a less extravagant setting. Anyway, not, not long after that, as I recall, a, a pharmaceutical representative who was dealing with our department learned that I was a golfer, mm-hmm. and he was a very fine golfer. So he wanted to play golf with me, and we went out to play golf at a, one of the university courses and went into the pro shop to register, and he was preparing to pay for me, and I mm-hmm. said, no. I said, I'll pay my own, and you can pay your own. We played golf, had a good time, and I never heard from him again. Hmm. So I realized that the money in all of this is very, very important. The fact that he couldn't curry my favor and my my reciprocity Hmm. for a gift that he would give me made him not interested in in dealing with me. So that, that helped confirm in my mind that this is not good that the companies really are simply trying to use money Mm -hmm. to influence the way doctors behave toward them and their products. You went on the Cancun trip with a few of your colleagues, right? Did any of them leave that trip thinking, oh my goodness, the industry is influencing me. This is such an extravagant trip. They must want something from me. No, I don't think so. In fact, um, some of the colleagues who went on that trip are still very much involved with industry. In your paper, you mentioned that physicians believe that they are not at all influenced by industry, that they'll go to these lunches and they might even speak at some events. They may get free gifts, but they themselves are, quote unquote, above being influenced by these marketing strategies. Right. That's that's absolutely true. I have asked at meetings where I've spoken to a big crowd, I start by saying, how many of you feel 
that you are influenced by industry's gifts, be it a pen, a, a pad of paper, a lunch, whatever, hardly anyone raises their hand. My next question is, how many of you feel that your colleagues are influenced by these uh, uh, relations with industry? And nearly everybody raises their hand. And of course, those two those two things are not compatible. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact is that physicians do think they're influenced. They just don't want to admit it. The, the way I answer a question like that from doctors is, you know, when they, the doctor says, well, I'm I'm not influenced is to say, well, you know, it's interesting that industry spends perhaps $25 billion a year, including free samples, to uh, influence us. And they continue to spend this amount of money. They're a publicly held company whose goal is to increase shareholders' value as well as the executives' pay. And they wouldn't continue to spend this enormous amount of money if they didn't know that it works. It's not that they think it works. They know that it works. So we, in our individual practices, in our little individual offices, in our little individual minds, thinking that industry is not influencing us, when these smart people whose job it is to make money know that they are, mm-hmm. is, is a disconnect. My guess is that physicians aren't totally kidding themselves. It's just that the money talks so loudly, you know, and it's the follow the money saying that follow the money and you'll see what's going on. Following the money here tells you industry is trying to influence physicians and physicians are allowing themselves to be influenced. The money is important, though, to some people. Some of these some people relating with industry are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from industry to be a speaker, to be a consultant, to be whatever. And um, that that's not trivial money. No, that's not trivial money at all. There was one quote in your paper that I was amazed by. It says, Others seem to think that the more gifts physicians take, the greater their certainty of strength of moral character. I read that line and remember thinking, this is such an oxymoron. This entire sentence does not make any sense. How can it be that the more money you take from industry, the more that you're sure, yes, my advice is not corrupted by anything? Well, one thing is that people who take money, physicians who take money from a lot of different companies, believe in their hearts that, hey, I'm accepting money from competitors. How, how can I be biased? Mm-hmm. The more money that I get from different people, different companies, the more likely that I am to be unbiased. Well, interesting again, industry is giving them a lot of money, and these companies know that those physicians are working for other competitors. Why would a company be so foolish to give a physician uh, thousands and thousands of dollars when they know that that physician's speaking for other companies as well? So the reason for this, and, and the phrase is not mine, but it has been used by others who call those kinds of physicians drug whores. They accept all of this money from all these different companies thinking that it makes them less biased. But in fact, the companies know that all they're interested in is a physician who will promote expensive prescribing, meaning brand name drugs on patent, and the same thing with expensive devices. That's all 
that industry cares about. They don't care if if it's this drug or that drug, but the global attitude of the of that particular physician to only talk about on patent medicines and expensive medicine that's enough for the companies to continue to give them a lot of money whether whether their competitors do or not in fact i think they feel that the people who have the most money given to them from the most companies are the best advocates because it makes the audience think that they're not conflicted and those speakers and i've heard them as well when they're showing their conflict of interest slide, they often add a little quip to say, well, you see all these different competitors that I'm involved with. How could I possibly be biased? I'm telling you the truth. That's so interesting. I feel like if I was in the audience and I saw that without having our conversation right now, I would probably believe them and think, yeah, you're getting all these competitors. Of course, you're not being biased because you're pulled in all these different directions. Yeah, that's what they want you to believe. Mm -hmm. But that's a false belief. It's an absolutely false belief. They're, They're the worst ones. Next, I wanted to talk about if all physicians had this insight on physician industry relationships. Why would they still want to continue this relationship? Why would they still want to receive these gifts? Money, pure and simple. What the companies are doing is is giving legal bribes to to the physicians, and physicians accept legal bribes. You know, it's interesting to think when when all of us start medi- into medicine, we get something free. We and we see our our mentors and our our, our supervisors get things free, like a lunch. Mm-hmm. Industry brings in lunch or provides an unquote unrestricted grant that can be used to provide lunch for grand rounds or or whatever. We get this free, and we get accustomed to having free things. Now, you as a as as an early medical student haven't gotten the kinds of free things that I got as a medical student because now things are looked at more closely and there's some rules in the institution against accepting certain kinds of gifts. But industry will work as, as in any way they can to get around those rules. And as long as I mention the unrestricted grant, uh, that's one of the most clever ways that industry uses to get around these problems. And as best I can tell, it was an invention of industry. It has that feeling of, what could be wrong with this? We're giving you money. Just use it any way you want. Maybe for an edu- for something related to an educational activity. Mm-hmm. Like the lunch that people eat while they're sitting and listening to a talk. Mm-hmm. Or to use to bring a speaker in and the money is given to the speaker from the institution. And you and I, if we ran these companies, would do the same thing. Your ticket to big profits is through prescribers and purchasers. And if you can get those people on your side to do what you, what you want them to do, what better thing is there you could do? So if physicians really did understand all of this, and did back off from taking these kinds of things, industry would have problems. But it would improve the health care cost equation because this whole process between industry and physicians drives up the, the cost of health care. Patients receive prescriptions for medicines that are 
One, very expensive. And two, as studies have shown, drugs that they may not need, where a generic drug or, or even no drug might work just fine. And three, this gets ingrained. It just gets ingrained. And once you have it going, as industry does, it's just easier for physicians to accept the next lunch or the next invitation to speak somewhere and be touted as an expert and, and so forth. So it, it's a snowball effect, and it works beautifully. You get your plans executed by the physicians. They, they begin to do it for you. Wow. Wow. You mentioned in here that physicians think that they're too smart to be influenced by the industry. But and they don't think but they don't think their colleagues are too smart. Exactly. <laughs> they have this like Isn't it funny? Yeah, it is yeah. very funny. It's, it's, ra- like, it's rationalization. Exactly, isn't it? exactly. Yeah. I'm smarter than the people around me and I can't be influenced right. by industry like the people around but me. But the people around me think that I'm being influenced. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now the idea of gratitude comes up a lot in your paper even if it's a small gift, even the gift that you mentioned can go to anything. How does this idea of gratitude play a role in the physician industry relationship? When someone gives one a gift, uh, the, the a person who receives the gifts feels a sense of having to reciprocate or wanting to reciprocate. So when industry gives something, it's preying on our sense of reciprocity. I found myself even caught up in this kind of thing when you meet with industry people and they say, well, wouldn't you just try this new drug, this new expensive drug? And you, you, you have a feeling of, oh, that person was very nice or they whatever, whatever. And you want to do it. It takes, it takes me to think through the whole thing to say, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't take things from industry at all now of any kind. Uh, that that's not a favored position with industry, nor is it when I talk about these things to my colleagues or write about them, which I do. Is it, it's not favored by those colleagues? You know, industry uses what what are called key opinion leaders or KOLs to do their business. And how does that work? Industry uh, pharmaceutical representatives or device representatives visit with with their physician assignees. They're assigned to certain physician offices. They cover an area and they go and talk to these physicians and they may bring in lunch for the physician or physicians if it's a group and their staff. Mm -hmm. And the staff begins to expect that every day they will have a free lunch brought to them. So once it gets ingrained in in that particular practice, the the industry people can't stop. Mm -hmm. They just have to keep bringing in the lunches. If a physician is really personal, is very engaged with them, is amenable to to trying these expensive drugs or even purchasing an expensive instrument, they will talk to their own regional supervisor and say, you know, Dr. X might be a good person for us as a speaker. And they'll invite Dr. X to speak in a local steakhouse where maybe 15, 10, 15 physicians show up for dinner. And if the talk has engaged those 15 physicians attending, they might try them again a time or two. But then they decide this person could be a key opinion leader, a KOL. A KOL is the creme de la creme for industry. 
So they take these key opinion leaders and school them in presenting things to physicians that are in favor of industry. Key opinion leaders are paid often significant sums of money by industry to do this. They are the salespeople for Mm -hmm. industry. What I'm wondering is why wouldn't industry just use their own representatives to give these talks? They could give the dinner talk, Mm -hmm. but nobody would come. They could give the talk to to a thousand people assembled at a meeting, but nobody would listen. Nobody would care. It's too obvious, but when they can get a physician to do it, mm-hmm. and particularly a physician with a lot of credibility, perhaps someone who's published a lot, someone who's well thought of in their field, to, to, to do their bidding, it, it's much more credible with other physicians. So the key opinion leader has the opportunity to influence a broad array of their colleagues And it's done in a way that appears unbiased. No one is saying that because you receive money from industry, you are biased. Mm -hmm. But how how does the audience know? The only people who know that this works, for sure, is industry. They keep tabs on prescribing activities by physicians. They, they, They know so much about each of us as physicians, we wouldn't believe how much they know about your personal life about your your interests, about what you read, what you like, where you travel, your family. They know everything because the representatives who visit offices find out all those things and they put it into a database. So they know everything about us and how they can get at us. And if it's a golf game, they'll take you to play golf. It's not random in any way, and it's orchestrated in a big, big, big way. Mm -hmm. Orchestrated to make it look innocent, but it's far from that. And again, it drives up the costs of healthcare by a, a large factor.